0: Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. Get the new Track 300A with free shipping for $79.99, Hammer, Nail, Smoke, and Fire for $89.99, and the Columbia Freeze Hybrid for only $64.99. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. And while you're at BowlerX.com, be sure to enter the drawing for your chance to win a $500 shopping spree. BowlerX.com, your online Bowling Superstore and a proud sponsor of Above180.com. Attention bowlers, would you like to help your stability in your approach and at the foul line? With Stability Strikes Bowling Performance Sock, you can enhance your stability and take the edge off any foot, knee, or back pain you may have while bowling. The extra mohair cushioning in the heel and toe gives you the comfort and support to compete at your maximum potential. So go to StabilityStrikes.com today. Stability in your game is just a pair away. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts and the stars of the PBA. Now from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar.
1: Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Matt Himmelwright. Matt is with the PJBT Bowling Tour. They are in their 14th season getting things rolling here, so thought it would be great to chat with Matt about things. also want to thank BowlerX. They are a corporate sponsor of the PJBT, so always uh, make sure you check out bowlerx.com as well. Matt, Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Sure, no problem.
1: So why don't you tell some folks about the PJBT?
2: I run the largest junior bowlers tour in all of Pennsylvania. Um, It's very well known. We've been doing it since 1999. And we're known, uh, we're unique in our own way because uh, we're still known as the original 21 and under tournament series. Um, Because a lot with the changes that the USBC made in in the rules, um, most of the tournaments nowadays for youth are are 20 and under. Um, But we're still the original 21 and under. So anybody who is, Uh, born after August 1st of 1990 for this year, uh, is considered 21 and under for this year. So they would be eligible to bowl for scholarships. And the biggest thing with our events is uh, we actually have events almost every weekend on the entire bowling calendar from uh, this coming Sunday being our first event through the 42 tournament schedule that runs from August through next June. And uh, we always end our season uh, with a big championship weekend where we have uh, a couple of the pro bowlers from the professional bowlers tour in for our championship event, um, usually highlighted by uh, professionals known as Parker Bone III, uh, Bill O'Neill, Doug Kent, Danny Wiseman. Um, so we have a lot, of, um, a lot of neat events that we run during the year and we pretty much hit the entire part of Pennsylvania with our events that we get around to. Um, during our schedule, we have a lot of uh, different events going on, including um, we have majors every month, which is extra payouts. Um, those are our, usually our biggest events during the year, but we also have three uh, doubles events during the year and three adult junior events that have been big successes over the past couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's just a it's a it's a great opportunity for youth bowlers. Uh, you know, in 13 years, we've given out almost 600 thousand dollars in scholarships. So we're pretty excited about it.
1: Well, Matt, what are the formats for a lot of your tournaments? You guys, do you mix things up with the formats as well, or do you do you kind of keep keep things pretty uh, pretty much the same every every week?
2: Um, well, most of our events do have the same format. Um, typically. Um, if it's a regular event, it's a five-game qualifier. Uh, if it's a major event, we usually do a six-game qualifier. And uh, with our normal events, we have a qualifying round, and we usually cut to the top 40% in the two divisions that we run. We have scratch and handicap. Um, we don't do it by average or by age or anything. We just do scratch and handicap. Scratch is typically based off of an average of 200 And anyone under 200 is typically in handicap. Um, After that first qualifying round, we cut to the top 40% in each division. And a typical format is that we run match play. We have three additional games of match play um, where they bowl head-to-head, and they will get bonus pins for winning their matches, and the scores carry forward. And after the eight or nine games, depending on the format, then we usually cut to a top five stepladder final um, and our majors typically we have a special format for the finals and each one is usually different but the general format would be five to six games match play and then a stepladder final
1: well Matt as you're you're entering your 14th season I'm sure you guys have had some of the really well known bowlers in the, in the states come through these the PJBT so could you talk about some of the bowlers that have previously bowled your tournaments and, and where they are right now
2: um Yes. um, I mean, over the years, we've been very fortunate enough to have um, a great contingent of college bowlers and or um, Team USA bowlers. Um, For anybody who's not familiar with Team USA, um, one of the major events that the youth have is the Junior Gold National Championship, in which uh, is the national championship tournament run by the USBC for the youth. And the top finishers each year from that event qualify to bowl on Junior Team USA, which pretty much travels all over the world competing, representing our country. Um, over the years, we've had a handful of bowlers um, going back to the early days. Uh, PBA professional Bill O'Neill um, and um, bowled in our events, and I can mention a couple of names: um, Matt Gaston from Maryland. Um, was a, a bowler that bowled heavily in our tournaments in the early seasons. Um, but also uh, on the female side, we've had a handful of bowlers make Team USA, um, including um, Carrie Smith from New Holland, Pennsylvania, um, Alicia Current from the Ephrata area. Um, they're known for being on Team USA, and uh, they uh, bowled in our events in past years when they were younger, Uh, But most recently, the big story that has come out of our tour is this past July, um, a young individual named Bradley Krauss from Nazareth, PA, became the first ever uh, bowler from Pennsylvania and from the PJBT to win the national title uh, this year out at Junior Gold. So um, we've been sending kids to the national event for over 10 years, And uh, this is the first year that he actually won the tournament. Um, The way the the tournament works out at Nationals is that if you finish in the top, usually four bowlers, um, the rules have changed over the past years, but if you finished in the top four, you make Team USA. And we were fortunate enough to have some bowlers finish in the top four to make Team USA in the past, but we've never had a true winner of the tournament. And uh, this past year, he not only won the event, but he bowled a perfect game during the qualifying um, in the event this year. So it was uh, a very exciting time for our, for our organization and uh, for our youth bowlers because that's the kind of opportunities that we try to create by running all these events is uh, to take them all to the next level for our sport.
1: Again, Matt Himmelreich joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Matt is with the PJBT. Matt, I know one of the things in, uh, in as a junior bowler, coming up as a junior bowler myself, I traveled and, and my parents put up taking me. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I they took me over to, we went to Iowa. We would go across the, uh, Minnesota, across the border that way. Uh, just talk about some of the dedication that a lot of these kids and parents have traveling because in Pennsylvania it's very accessible via, via a lot of freeways so you guys probably get bowlers from New York and, and uh, Maryland like you mentioned Virginia all over the really the East uh, East coast
2: well we do I mean uh, when the tour started in 99 you know I tell people that you know it was started more as a local event and really after three or four years started to grow and I think what what happened was as time went on, you know, your best, uh, advertiser is word of mouth. And I know a lot of people across the East coast are very, know that we're very well known in, in the East coast. And now we do, we do draw a lot of, uh, a contingent of bowlers from not only all over Pennsylvania, but a lot of bowlers come from New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware. Um, and we get a couple of bowlers also from the Virginia area and you know, It is a lot of dedication, and I know that my colleague who I run the events with, Travis and I, uh, every year when we do our presentation at the end of the year, we try to recognize the parents, you know, because uh, they're the ones who are investing into their, you know, son or daughter's future in something that they enjoy, um, just like any other sport. I mean, um, one of the things that I was taught and, and one of the reasons the tour even started many years ago was that... You know, with bowling, um, one thing that seems to be forgotten sometimes by your local bowling centers is that uh, without the youth, we really have no future in our sport. And, um, you know, I think that it's not only become a tour for us. I mean, it's really neat to the point that we feel like we have an entire family, a very extended family, you know, that come to our events every week because of the commitment, you know, we, we do have last year, we had over 600 bowlers, um, compete in all of our events, but I mean, ultimately we had over a hundred of them, you know, competed in over three quarters of all the 42 events. Um, so yeah, there's, there's quite a commitment that the parents make and the bowlers because they enjoy it. And, um, they just—I uh, find that with the new social media, like similar to this, they—they um, um, they like to come out because um, this is what their conversations are about all week. This is what they look forward to on the weekend—is going out to bowl every week.
1: Well, Matt, and I also want to want to tap in you uh, for a couple other questions as well, um, as you're so involved with the youth bowling. One of the things that I've noticed as as someone who grew up through the youth program is you get a lot of kids that they bowl youth programs, they bowl the Saturday mornings, they maybe come out and do some tournaments like yours or in the Midwest or wherever they're from, but then in their 20s and 30s, like say they're not quite good enough to bowl collegiately, they kind of go off to college or they get a job and enter the workforce, but they forget about bowling. So what, what in your opinion, since you're in the industry, you're, you're working with these kids and the parents, what can be done to change that? Because ultimately what we want to see is like you said, these are the future of bowlers and we're losing some of them. And I want your input as to why you think that is.
2: Well, I think, I think that, um, some of it has to do with, um, the pressures of the centers, Um, I mean, one of the things that we try to do in our events when you look at our schedule is, um, probably half of our events will be bowled on house shots. Okay? And for somebody who's not, who's not a, you know, real up on, on what I mean by that for, as a bowler is that, you know, a house shot is typically what you would walk into if you're bowling in a league. It is what, it is a lane pattern, oil-wise, that the center puts down. Um, consistently for every league or for every um, event that comes in. Um, with our events, we try to run half of them as house shots, but we also run a lot of uh, what we call challenge patterns or table patterns because when you go to the national event and any of the big bowling events nowadays, um, there are tougher patterns to put down to challenge the bowlers. And I think that as we get to... Um, I think the, the importance is that the youth are involved now, and I think that one of the challenges that centers and USBC have is keeping those people involved going forward. And um, they try—they've tried, tried to do that through all the opportunities they've created through Team USA and a lot of the uh, bigger events that they have nowadays. But I think that some of it has to do with um, the cost of bowling. Um, I mean, obviously, like any sport, it's become a lot more. And I think it's, it's become a challenge to, you know, a, a lot of bowling centers' survival is based upon bowlers who bowl two, three, four nights a week. And I think for a lot of people, that's harder to do in today's society with a family and different things. Um, but as a tour, what we have done is um, to try to keep the kids involved uh once they are beyond the age of 21 for anybody out there who is between that you know age group that you're talking about of say 20 to 30 um our tour has actually started to run um what we call the Miller Lite Adult Bowlers Series and basically we run one event monthly for adults for cash money um and we run uh, 10 of those events during the year besides our junior events that uh we run uh, guaranteed $1,000 first place uh, tournaments so that um, kind of our youth have a next step to go to. And it, with the with the hope that, um, you know, a lot of our bowlers who will say age out of the youth program, um, it is something that's out there that we offer for the adults to try to keep them involved and, uh, you know, make sure that they stay in leagues and, and keep involved in the sport. Because, again, without them, they are you know, the, as they get older, they are the future of our sport.
1: So, I want to make sure we also thank BowlerX.com as they are a corporate sponsor of the PJBT Bowling Series. Uh, check them out at PJBTBowlingSeries.com. So does it sound like then do, do a lot of the kids and, and youth bowlers that you get, do they like bowling on the tougher challenge uh, challenging shots? Because that's one thing that I'm starting to, to notice as I talk more and more to youth bowlers, to high school bowlers, to collegiate bowlers is they don't like walking in to a center and joining an adult league for the first time and averaging 235. They they'd rather bowl on a tougher a, a kegel sport league, a PBA experience league, bowl on something that challenges them because they want they want this to be more of a sport for them.
2: Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges in our sport, you know, in in this day and age because I would say that with the youth it's probably you know 50/50 to maybe a little bit higher percentage that, that they do want the tougher patterns, the challenge is is that as a, when you put your, sh- your feet in as a when you look at it from the standpoint of being a, a bowling center owner, um, nowadays higher scores produce people coming back and staying involved in the sport and not going to the next bowling center down the road. Um, the challenge is, is that the centers typically want to put in an easier pattern, a house pattern, to keep bowlers in the front door. Um, but what I find is with my youth, a majority of them prefer the tougher patterns because they know, you know, uh, and Brad, the kid that just won our national championship, will tell you, you know, he's only uh, 14 going on 15 years old that won the national event for his age group. And, um, you know, without the practice they get on the tougher patterns, ultimately that's how a good bowler becomes a great bowler, just like in any other sport, um, challenging yourself to go to the next level. And that's why we put these patterns down, because when they go to a national event or when they move on to adult, and they go to usbc nationals or any uh i know the women have some major events of their own the u.s open and stuff like that um they're going to bowl in these tougher patterns they're not going to be on the typical house pattern so you know it benefits the bowlers to challenge themselves and get that experience on them because when they when they go to the highest level they're going to see that type of competition and uh those types of lane conditions so you know we try to balance it and and really with our schedule we almost do pretty much 50-50 um you know we have we have challenge events and we have house shot events so we we try to mix it up and and we actually um stagger them accordingly so that you know we try to please everybody as far as you know their opinion on that but um ultimately we run about half of our events with the challenge or kaggle patterns because uh you know, we feel that it's important that they get that experience bowling on the tougher uh, conditions. And what I have found with the scores are, I mean, sometimes the scores are a little bit lower on those typical types of patterns, but we've never really had any major complaints from people because even if they bowl terrible, you know, the reaction from the parents are, you know what, it's a learning experience. They have to, it, they're only going to learn to get better by, uh, by struggling on it until they get better on bowling on those tougher conditions.
1: Again, Matt Himmelreich joining us on the Above180.com podcast. For more on their website, go to PJBTBowlingSeries.com. Also, we're going to have their link in, in uh, on our site as well, PJBTBowlingSeries.com. But Matt, it was great having you on. We're going to do this again, and all the best as the tournaments start up. Sure, not a problem. For Tim Berg, Matt Himmelreich, good luck and good bowling.